All right, welcome to another podcast of the White Collar Crimes Podcast. I am the host, Ryan Horn. Whether you're a first-time listener or you've been here with us from day one, I am glad to have you aboard and a lot of exciting stuff to talk about tonight in addition to the actual podcast before we get into the meat and text of it all. There are some things we'll be discussing, some new developments going on and some exciting stuff, some stuff that's been a long time in the making and I'll be glad to tell you about shortly and uh, again just glad to have you aboard this podcast as always. Hope you caught the last episode we just did which was a video podcast with Texas Attorney John Teekle, who is a very prominent white-collar crimes, well, he's a defense attorney, but he's very prominent in the areas of defending white-collar criminals and brought on some, a lot of information and some really cool uh, points and things that you may not uh, always think about because you don't get to hear it from that angle necessarily very much from someone that has spent time defending white-collar criminals in court. So if you haven't checked that one out, uh, be sure and go back and check that out. It's a video podcast and very cool. Uh, It was very good to have him on as a guest and a lot of good information on that. So please check that out. And there's a kind of a personal touch to this episode that you'll hear today, tonight, depending on whenever you are hearing this, because this is news that was brought to me from a listener. And I love getting ideas for shows and I love people reaching out and becoming guests and there'll be more won't say a whole lot yet because it's in the works but we will be having possibility of having some guests on here that are fellow podcasters about white collar crimes on another show and vice versa I may be becoming a guest on theirs so we don't know yet that's in the works but that's among other things we'll talk about but this case that we're going to discuss on this episode is the, it's a developing and current story that's going on, and this is comes to you in the state of Arkansas, which honestly from downstate Illinois here is not too terribly far from where I'm at. You can get to the Arkansas border from where I'm at in about two and a half, three hours. But this is a case that was, this was brought to my attention by a listener, and apparently... From what he told me, his family, a friend or family member of his, has had actual dealings with this doctor. But this is a case that's developing on an Arkansas doctor by the name of Brian Hyatt. Some charges and things that have been brought forward. So I will say right out of the way that since this is a pending case, and right now these are just allegations, there's nothing of any proof that or any guilt or anything like that that can be discussed really yet because it's all pending. And we will say Dr. Hyatt or any defendant in the American criminal justice system is entitled to the presumption of innocence until proven guilty. And we'll be able to talk about this case, what we can, because it's developing. And we'll be able to talk to you because we can keep this podcast going because of some of our sponsors. And we thank one of them that we've had here for last little bit but we have the weekend angler check out his youtube channel the weekend angler we're edging closer to fishing time here fishing season and get a lot of good information a lot of points on that and we are able to have this brought to you because of folks like that we're glad to have them aboard and we're glad that ideas for podcasts get brought to us from listeners i love that and this is a doctor that was actually the former Arkansas State Medical Board Chairman. 
Now, from what I was able to tell, he is currently facing two counts of Medicaid fraud. And right now, about 60 or so former patients have filed various civil lawsuits. Now, these are two different avenues this could go. The criminal charges are much more serious, but in his favor, the level and the burden of proof that must be, must be met is much higher because since those are criminal charges, as we always say and discuss on this show, they must be met by proof beyond a reasonable doubt, the highest level of proof that must be met in our criminal justice system. However, the 60 or so civil cases that are brought against him those will be tried by preponderance of evidence and that simply means if it's more likely true than not then he's guilty and he is civilly liable and could end up paying out an awful lot of money especially if all 60 cases are found against him so got some pretty serious things going against him because one he could lose a lot of money in civil court and two he could lose his freedom depending on what happens with the criminal charges Now, what some of these suits are apparently alleging that Dr. Hyatt held them against their will while getting treatment. And I will say, from what he was, I was able to see, he is a psychiatric doctor, not a medical doctor in a sense that will treat you for pneumonia or the flu or stomach virus and some of the common ailments you often go to a doctor with. He was treating people apparently for mental health issues and supposedly a lot of them are alleging that they were being held against their will so he could basically collect money from the government and bill them for services that simply were not done or were not needed and we've seen that a lot of times when we've covered medical medical fraud cases and things like that on the show and there's quite a bit of them if you go back and look at some of the old podcasts that we've done over the years some of the older editions Uh, We did one a while back on Michael Jackson's doctor, who uh, did a short stint in prison for prescribing him drugs and overdoing things that he overdoing the prescriptions that he shouldn't have done, and among other things. But he ended up doing a little bit of time. So it's certainly not that unusual. There are more doctors and people in the medical profession that sometimes do get caught up in white collar crime cases. Now I will say. My wife works in the medical industry, and the overwhelming majority of people in this industry are good folks, and they're honest, and they just want to do a good job for their patients. But as we've seen, just like in any other profession, there's good and bad apples in the barrel, and uh, sometimes the bad ones can cause a lot of bad publicity and a lot of harm for the good ones. Now, what they are also saying, the authorities became suspicious of him when many of his claims were also well above what was kind of the industry average or the industry standard. He was billing for amounts for services that would not normally cost, and again, this is what's being alleged, it's not been proven yet, but for what was being brought up, what's been talked about in this case so far is that he was apparently alleged to have billed for amounts that were much higher than what was average or needed. So, in addition, to the other problems that he has this is one of the other claims that's being brought against him in criminal court now it was reported that about two years ago a medical center where he was employed ended up settling a suit for over a million dollars against him now I'm sure the medical facilities insurance covered the cost on that but they'll still pay for it in the long run because that's most likely going to raise their premiums quite a bit so they're going to have to pay higher rates but 
unfortunately, they will have to pass that cost on to patients. So make no mistake about it, Mr. John Q. Public or Miss Jane Doe, whomever you are listening, most of you, I would say, are just average middle-class folks. You're going to pay the cost when there's medical fraud and white-collar crime. The doctors get caught, and they may pay out civilly, and they may pay sometimes with their freedom. But make no mistake about it, these types of frauds, whether they're done by patients, doctors, or any type of medical care providers, CEOs, we had that recently, we talked about in the Health South case, those costs get passed on to you. And if you want to know why they're just, anytime you get a medical bill, they are enormously, ridiculously high, in my opinion, and just my opinion, this is at least part of the reason why, because there's so much fraud and there's so much uncertainty that goes into it. Because what is one thing that's different about your health care than any other service you buy and it's it's easy it's handled by a middleman you have medical insurance involved and that is so much different you know when you I took my car to the garage a while back dropped it off the garage is near where I work take it in for service and pick it back up I know exactly where it is what's going on and I pay for it directly almost any other service or product you buy is like that but not your health care there's so many middle people involved in it and unfortunately with this many people involved and sometimes not a lot of eyes on some people it is easier for fraud to happen so i don't think we're going to see any type of uh, decrease in medical fraud when we're talking about white collar crime cases it's going to at least stay the same or at least rise i think in years to come but it is so easy to do and so much money passed around that, unfortunately, I think we're going to continue to see white-collar or medical fraud and things of that nature in white-collar crime cases. Now, the facility soon, this is the one that paid out the $1.1 or $1 million lawsuit to somewhere in that neighborhood. They soon did terminate their affiliation with Dr. Hyatt, supposedly not long after having to pay out this claim. But... Dr. Hyatt was reported to have resigned also from the medical board when these investigations that I was talking about just a little bit ago about the unnecessarily high billings and things of that sort, Medicaid fraud, when he began to get, become under criminal investigation for these alleged crimes, this is when he resigned off the Arkansas State Medical Board there, which apparently he was the chairman of at one time not too long ago. So he as far as i know does still have his license i didn't read anything in this case that he's had his license revoked i'm sure there'll be a hearing on that depending on how far this case goes if he is found guilty of these crimes then i'm sure that's the next thing it's just like happens with lawyers the board will decide whether or not to revoke his license and he could lose the right to practice the rest of his life if he does time then he won't be able to obviously practice medicine anymore after he gets out But some of the patients in the suit also allege that they were being overly sedated while in his care. And, you know, that's a whole other area of debate and and topic of discussion as well about the opioid and medication problems that we have in this country and an overly medicated populace, so to speak. We did one on the opioid crisis and the Sackler family. Good movie on Netflix about that, or I think it's a series, actually. Uh, Wife and I watched it last year. And it started Matthew Broderick, I think. And uh, a lot of problems, countless problems in lives that opioid and a lot of these narcotic addictions are causing. 
And this is part of what's being brought up apparently in this case too. A lot of patients have alleged that while in his care they were receiving more medications or a lot more higher dosage than what they were necessarily needing. Now again, this is just what's being alleged. Now, many have also claimed, in these suits especially, that they received very little actual psychiatric care while with him, and they believe they were mainly there to fill the beds up and take the meds so he could bill Medicaid and and make money off of a high number of volume of patients. Even if they were not getting the care they need, it was just simply possibly about volume is what's being alleged. And... Uh, Again, we'll have to see how this plays out, both in the civil cases and the criminal trials. Now, if they have enough evidence on him, he could be found guilty, like I said, and and do some time. But I think as big of a challenge facing him is going to be these enormous amounts of civil cases that is going to cost maybe him personally or for sure his employers or past employers and insurance companies and all the people that will be involved because, as I said, they will not have to meet quite as strict and stringent of a level of proof in these cases. And if it's easier to prove, he could end up paying out a lot of money in this. So those are two cases, the criminal and civil aspect of this case, that we will be keeping an eye on in the coming weeks, months, and however long this case may end up going out. Now, many others have contended also that they were kept in care for far too long just to bill Medicaid. And as I said, medical fraud is very unique because there's way more people involved a lot of times. You got insurance and bureaucrats and all kinds of people that are involved that aren't involved in every type or even a lot of types of white collar crimes. And that's the one thing that makes medical fraud so unique. And let's face it, medical services, even if you're young and healthy, I promise you that someday as you get older, you're going to break down, start having more medical problems. And you'll really realize how important healthcare is. When I was young and starting out, got my first job at the sheriff's office, it was cool that I had healthcare and whatnot, but I didn't think much about it because I was young and in my early mid-20s and healthy as a horse and didn't think that much needing it. Now that I'm over twice that age, uh, I think a lot more about how important it is that I have good medical insurance because medical issues, uh, they're coming up more and more as I get older, and I'm sure for some of you too, and it's good to have an eye on them and good to have them paid and taken care of. But it can be a very frustrating thing when you find out the very people you've entrusted for your health, one of the most important things about you, is being done fraudulently. And when there's greed involved, because there's a lot of people in the medical industry that make very, very good money. And it's puzzling why. And this is another case here where if it is indeed true he's done these things that have been alleged, why would a doctor that's making pretty good money uh, have to go to these links? Or why would a doctor go to these links? It's a very puzzling thing, and that's one of the many puzzling things about white-collar crime. Because oftentimes the perpetrators, it doesn't make any sense, they, other than just pure greed, because they seem to most of the time have the basics and have well beyond what most of us in the middle class have. But yet they still want more, and they still push for more. And it seems like they're never satisfied. But one thing I will say I'm satisfied for, I did want to announce this too. As you've heard me say for a long time coming, uh, through Cherry Hills Publications, I was narr- I narrated the audiobook, first audiobook ever done on a Howard Hawks, who was one of the most famous directors of the golden era of Hollywood, 
directed John Wayne, Marilyn Monroe, Lauren Bacall, tons of the greats. It is finally out and released. You can see it on their or get it on their website, cherryhillspublishing.com, or you can also check it out on Amazon and Audible. It's available digital there. You can order a CD copy on Cherry Hills Publishing. Please help support uh, just an average guy ta- talent. You know, you go to movies a lot of times and support Hollywood actors and people who don't care about you or know you, but you know me, and I am I consider you as a listener part of the family here, so please, if you can help a guy out, I'd greatly appreciate your support on that. And also some continued support on other things coming out. Like I said, I have a book I hope to have published and out really soon. Been a little longer getting that out than I hoped, just kind of like the audio book, but it eventually comes around. And also check out the uh, podcast I have with famous con man Steve Commissar. It's also on Spotify for podcasters and wherever else you hear your podcasts. Good episode we have out now about how not all scams are necessarily illegal, and there's predatory lending and a lot of ways out there that people get scammed. So check that out. A lot of good stuff on that. And, uh, just wanted to get these announcements out because really happy about all these cool things going on and I'd really worked hard to get that audio book out. It was a really good opportunity for me and so glad and so honored to do it on a very famous director who was initially born actually in my neighboring state here of Indiana. He was born up in northern Indiana, a town called Gosham, I think is the correct way to pronounce it. But uh, really cool that it's out there and I know you've heard me talk about it a long time that it's coming and it is finally here and like i said you can get it at cherryhillspublishing.com or amazon or audible any one of those places so please check that out but as i said that is the new thing unique thing about healthcare because there's so many other x factors and people involved in it unlike any other type of service that you buy that confusion and muddy waters that are involved in it sometimes unfortunately can create a mask or a screen to kind of protect people that behind the scenes might be able to do a little bit of fraud and a little bit of mischief and get into things until they're finally caught but in their case in in a case like this if these allegations are true this is a lot of people who've been harmed along the way and probably went on a long time before anything was discovered and again that's one of the big differences between white collar crime and street crime street crime is oftentimes discovered almost immediately by the victim or a witness or law enforcement that is not usually the case in white collar crime it's oftentimes months even years down the road before the criminal acts of the white collar criminal are caught and brought to attention and even finally to justice and even then that we talk about on here all the time even the justice is not always that much justice uh, they get very little small fines maybe real short prison sentences if any at all and some of them aren't even charged at all so they don't always see justice the same as your poor and average working class street criminals do now if you remember we covered the eric Kahn case which was an attorney that was in kentucky which is south of me and how many lives he destroyed people who needed the disability that they were earned he was working in eastern kentucky appalachia there where a lot of ex-coal miners had been injured and were forced to get on disability honest hard-working god-fearing people and he ripped them off of their claims some of them never got them or he siphoned out his share of their claims and 
people were getting denied and losing life-saving money they needed to live on. I remember one gentleman in this story was so distraught from it, he ended up committing suicide and left a wife and I believe a, you know, children possibly behind because of this guy's actions. And they come to find out there was a crooked judge in on the little scheme with him. And that is uh, sometimes what we are coming up against when it deals with fraud and when we deal with medical fraud. The most vulnerable, like you saw in this case, people who were needing disability were the people who were victimized by these sharks, this judge, this lawyer, uh, people that were seen in high positions in society, yet they were the ones ripping off the most vulnerable people. Now, what we have in this case yet, we don't know. Again, nothing's been proven, only alleged at this point, but we will have to see. But if he is proven guilty, Certainly wouldn't be the first time we've seen a doctor go astray of the law and uh, commit horrible crimes just to line their own pockets. And these are some of the most vulnerable people. If Again, if it is proven, people who need mental health services, if you don't think we don't have a mental health crisis in this country, folks, uh, talk, and I'm talking about the United States here because I know we have listeners from other countries, but talk to the average person who works in health care, law enforcement, social services, anything like that, I promise you, you're going to see how bad and how serious these problems are. And they're horrible, folks. We have definitely have a mental health crisis. And there's vulnerable people out there not getting the care they need because doctors and other ones like this are taking advantage of them just to line their pockets. And that's wrong. And the ones that are doing that hopefully will be brought to justice. Now, how many of you out there have been med- victimized by medical fraud? I want to throw that out. And if you have, and if you want to just share your story with me, I don't have to give your name, but I can tell your story on here. Or if you want to be a guest and tell your story, either way, you can email me at ryanhornvt at gmail.com and would be glad to get your case out there. Now, I have been victimized by some white-collar scams before and was recently, in my opinion, victimized by shelter insurance but uh, fortunately I don't think I've really been victimized as far as my health care goes but I know there probably are some of you that are have been so again feel free to email me you can be a guest on here and tell your story or you can just tell your story and remain anonymous and I would be glad to put it out there but uh, I know there's probably some of you out there that have been affected and impacted by this so please if you do get your story out because we need to get the word out on these kind of things folks And again, like I said, why do doctors who are so well off financially commit white collar crimes? If you got a theory on that and can and can offer a good explanation again, yeah, I would love to have you as a guest or read your comments or whatever. Again, feel free to email them to me. And we just want to get the word out on so many cases, whether people are being victimized by insurance, medical savings, investments, banking, any of these types of things. People are being scammed on them, and we want to be able to get the word out. So please help us get the word out. And we thank you that we have been able to get the word out because you've stayed with us loyally all this time. We continue to grow our audience, and we're very thankful for that. But we got to help it keep going. you got to spread this podcast to your friends and family. Follow us on Spotify, wherever you do. Give us a good rating. Give your support where you can because we've got to get the word out and shine the light on a lot of cases, like I always say, that quite simply do not get the coverage that the average street crime does. And these type of crimes need public awareness, and that's what we're doing in this podcast, and I'm glad you're helping us do that. And please 
continue to help us do that. And please, as I always say at the end or other times in there, adopt your next best friend at your local pet shelter. We got all six of our best buddies from there and would not change a thing in the world about that. So please be sure to do that. And we will be back again next week, folks, with some uh, brand new episode. And we've got one coming up, too, if you're a subscriber. And please subscribe and follow us. You're going to get bonus additions on cases that are going out there and other things that you won't get on the main podcast here. It's real cheap to subscribe to us, so please subscribe and get all the extra information that you can. Well, I am very thankful you've been aboard on this, and we will see you again next time. God bless and take care, everybody.